This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 312, Leader Games at Gen Con, featuring Lord of the Board. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, everyone. It's me, Matt, here to introduce you to uh, a little special presentation we have. Uh, Hunter is on the road going to RootCon this weekend. Hope everybody can see Hunter there. I was no longer able to attend. I'm very sad about it, so I will be missing out on all of the wonderful times had at RootCon in Portland, Oregon this weekend. Uh, But outside of that... I wanted to introduce this episode because uh, it's another Gen Con one, and I felt like it was good to talk about Gen Con, but before that, I also want to get some announcements out of the way. If you haven't heard, the finals of the Space Cats Peace Turtles Patreon Twilight Imperium Tournament is getting closer and closer. Uh, We are two weekends away, August 26th at 11 UTC is the date and time of the finals. That is so close. I'm freaking out. I do not have a map for the players. I need to have a map for the players to give them uh, very, very soon, but that should be coming around the corner. And please join us on twitch.tv slash turtles for the conclusion of our absolutely massive tournament that we've been doing since January. And it's August. That's gross. It's ridiculous. The other thing to excite you about is next month, the whole month, every weekend, we are going to be hosting the Weird Bear Exhibition. Uh, we have, like, six-ish games. I, I don't know. It's the, We're scheduling them right now with Weird Bears. If you are a current or former Weird Bear and you have not filled out my scheduling form for the Weird Bear Exhibition, hop on over to the Discord or check your email uh, and get in there. But we have a handful of basically all homebrew games uh, that the Weird Bears will all be playing and hopefully it's a ridiculously stupid time. Uh, we've we've teased a few of the games in recent episodes. You know, we've got my Extreme Chess Clock game. You got EJ's Nuzlocke. Uh, we're supposed to be doing a Nate Mason's Oops All Publix game, which is like just it's a very strange way of having a bunch of public objectives and no secret objectives. And I don't know. It's all a mess. We got Brassbird's Checks and Balances Draft. That's a multi draft where everybody picks stuff for everybody else. And we start the game in Checks and Balances mode, which is the agenda that makes you pick other people's strategy cards. So getting the game off with choosing things for everybody else how you know i don't know how messy is that so please come hang out with us every weekend in september uh and if you want to be a part of any of these games you of course can become a weird bear before the end of this month to sign up for the games or even during september i don't know some are going to be late in the late in the month who cares whatever uh okay what is what is this episode gen con was a splendid little time me hunter son and ej sanders not brothers uh went to Indianapolis, Indiana. You heard our live show last week, and while we were also at Gen Con, we were going to be doing some interviews and stuff. Um, I even at, at one point had an idea of like just sort of walking around the show floor and kind of recording 
like whatever came up, go up to a booth, see what they're doing. But it, I never really uh, pulled the trigger on that, especially because I don't want to be a, a, a negative on this episode. That's not any fun. We're going to get to a bunch of really fun stuff. But just to give sort of the air of what Gen Con felt like this year, uh, in the Asmodee area, they have just wiped clean the face of any of their studios. Asmodee owns a bunch of stuff. And uh, if you were walking around Gen Con Exhibit Hall, you would not know that Fantasy Flight exists, basically, is how they organized things. So I would have loved to, like, talk to some people from FFG about upcoming stuff or or whatever, but they, that's not what their presence looked like. They, they had some tournaments being run. Um, there was a Twilight Inscription tournament being run. I know. Shout out to Toron. I did not get to run into you this year, Toron, but I did last year, uh, and I know you did a great job helping out with, I believe, the Twilight Inscription Tournament. I know you were handling some stuff, and and I had multiple people say you did an excellent job, and that's not a joke. Uh, multiple people at the live show came up and said Toron was awesome. Uh, so huge shout-out to, to really all the people that get stuff done at Gen Con. But we just did not find as much. Last year was the 25th anniversary of Twilight Imperium, and that meant a lot of uh, presence in that regard from Fantasy Flight and, and surrounding things, you know, books and RPGs and everything. And this year was just really quiet. Uh, so that was a little sad uh, for us, basically. You know, we love going to Gen Con. We love getting excited about things. And what's great is we at least have wonderful things excited to talk about with uh, our, you know, partners of the show, Leader Games, who we're so glad to have a close relationship with. And uh, we got to sit down. We've been doing streams of Cole Worley's ARCs, uh, and we played a little bit more of ARCs and had a good chat with Cole. Uh, And then we also have heard lots of rumors and murmurings of whatever Patrick Leader himself is working on, and we got to check out one of his projects he's kind of got in his brain. And so we have an interview with Cole. We have an interview with Patrick. Both interviews featuring Lord of the Board, our cardboard leash. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We love you very much. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to present these two interviews because... They were a great time. I I love hanging out with these people. We got to play some Blood on the Clock Tower with the whole staff of Leader Games, and it was just great, big fun. And honestly, we're hoping to uh, go up to Minneapolis, Minnesota sometime soon to just sort of maybe hang out with them a little bit more and uh, get to see their offices and everything. And I don't know what will come of that. Maybe a cool episode will will spill out of that in uh, later this year or whatever. Not really sure, but... Uh, just very excited for for arcs, and I'll I'll spoil it a bit. We say, are we maybe going to play Path? We don't end up playing Path with Patrick. We end up playing a new game he's developing called Block. Uh, arcs is like the densest thing I've ever played by Leader Games, and Block is like maybe the least dense thing I've ever played from Leader Games. So a wonderful two sides of like the coin of what leader games is trying to sort of make their the the breadth of their uh design space and everything all asymmetric obviously but uh just very different in in complexity so you know i won't keep you it's been long enough uh let's go ahead and jump over to our first interview with cole worley We missed all of our water talk. No, yeah, I, do no. it again. Do, do it, it again. Do the water talk again. <laughs> no, I, I was on a podcast once and someone wrote a message being like, why was that so good? It seemed like so well put together. I'm like, it was like the third time that we had done it. These things uh, got nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was hitting the, hitting the point. 
points. Well, so now this is the second take. It's gonna be much more focused. Yeah, exactly. and we're gonna get through, we're gonna get through everything really fast. Really fast. Time. You know what's up. Yeah. We're here. We're at Gen Con. We just played a couple rounds of arcs base game. Small arcs. Small, Small arcs, arcs. Little as they arcs. Call it. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> the tiny arcs with Cole Worley. <laughs> we're trying Cole. not to call it tiny arcs. Well, okay, that's I fair. Yeah, I don't know what it's. Gonna we're be. in arcs. control now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna derail your introduction because this is what you just played um, is arcs as complete of a game as any on the floor of Gen Con. Right. I will attest. Right. It's ready. Right. Right. This is yeah. this is and this is ready to go out the door. Uh, uh, oh, Sworn. Half is complex. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, Sworn's fine, but it's it's the minis are too the big. The base though. game is like a very full game. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know, affectionately, we call it sharks or small arcs in the office. But but it actually like is as meaty as something. Yeah, like it is. It's sure. a big game. Uh, right. We are also here with our cardboard leash. <gasps> Sam, hello, hello, Thanks hello, Sam. Man. Thank you, thank you for dating us with your presence. You Thanks for that. We I missed really you a lot. You guys. Yeah, yeah. Last year you crashed our interview yes, with Cole that and Patrick. Was an that accident. was great. Okay, that I was... saw you and I needed to be by you. Yes, right. this Correct. time we invited you to yeah, crash. This time right. we really, that was really crash. sweet of you guys. Uh, we were playing base arcs. Uh, we've we've been talking uh, before this about ambitions and the objective system and all of that. Uh, but I kind of just already want to deviate into like other topics about this because. Something that is notable to me about small arcs is kind of the, that lack of asymmetry. And obviously we have Lord of the Board here who is with us on the camp of asymmetry rules out the window. Everything's yes. super great. So uh, I don't know if we can talk a bit about like what is the campaign yeah. bringing to the table uh, for that. Because I think that's what Hunter and I are like by I think it's, far the most exciting. I mean, once about you add campaign in, that is to me when it becomes a most Twilight Imperium like. Yeah. 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 Well, this, I mean, you know, every game, I'm always reacting to myself. Like, I can't, I mean, we can't help it. But I usually, my design process is very simple. I find a game that I'm unhappy with and then I aggressively yeah. react to it. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes it's something I've worked on. Right. right? So, like, I'm an equal opportunity reactor. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the, the base game is really a sort of commentary and, and, and a reckoning with uh, with Root and, and with, with Oath and a lot of the, the designs that I've done and trying to figure out ways of making them uh, more strategically robust, more player-driven. Yeah. Right. Uh, mm. And as we get into the campaign game, it's like I'm fighting with Twilight Imperium and a lot of my yeah. other friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but they actually like have like so two cool. different enemies, right? Like I, they, you know, I had to get into a very different headspace when I was working on the, on the campaign yeah. game. It's a different project. I mean, in some ways, this game is like a shadow game that sits behind the other leader stuff. Because as I was working on Root, I had these ideas about asymmetry that thought like, well, asymmetry, so it's funny. We get pitches for games about asymmetry all the time sure. because it's part of a brand. I get right. it. So right. someone's going to give me their right. four-letter game, you know, cook, and it's yeah. an asymmetric <laughs> cooking game. Um, and the... They're usually bad games, yeah. But not because they're game. They're bad for us because they don't, they don't get why we like asymmetry. Mm -hmm. yeah. We like asymmetry because of the storytelling it's offering, hundred percent, and how like you know our our lives, our worlds, our stories are asymmetric in nature. So when you tap into that in a game setting, it it it, it, can, it has these huge payoffs. At the same time, it's expensive. Yeah, I've taught about it as much root as anybody on the planet. And I, it's hard. Yeah. And so you're, you're paying these steep costs for it. 
but there's also there are formal problems with asymmetry. And the biggest formal problem is as, as our positions diverge and our stories get more interesting, we have less in common. We have less to interact with. Yeah. So ARCs, the base game especially was like, how do you build really robust asymmetric positions, but have them like still exist in the game? Yeah. Because so much of a game is like, I need to do something interesting. You need to be able to see that I'm doing something interesting. We have to be able to imagine each other in our own minds. Yeah. Um, which is like why like I love games like Hanabi and things like that, which are really interested in questions of theory of mind. Yeah. And I think, you know, something like the, one of the problems with Root, it, the thing that kills me is that people will say, not you, Sam, <laughs> uh, but, but it's been, it's been told to me before, like Doesn't I played exist. a game of Root, I had fun. I had no idea what the other people at the table yeah, were playing. Sure. Yeah. Whenever someone says that, I'm like, just, I, I, I shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, no, they were like, it's an ecosystem. They were yeah. part of the world. Yeah. And as people get better at Root, that goes away. But as I'm working on new stuff, I'm thinking like, I don't want anyone to ever tell me that again. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, gotta, I gotta get beyond that. Yeah. yeah. So one of the core things about arcs when I was working on it was um, the asymmetry in Root isn't explained really. It, 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 it's, it's hinted at, but mm. it, it's not really explained. Right. It's, it's not a component of play. Yeah. You have to infer it. Like yeah. you have to yeah. realize how they all interact with each other and then be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, My it, thing does this, but I have to get in so-and-so's way. Teach well, with storytelling though. Yeah. That's like a huge thing. If you don't teach with storytelling, there isn't yeah, any. Right. Exactly. You've well, got to teach with the storytelling yeah. aspect with Root. Yeah. And in some respects, like the most interesting design stuff in Root happens before like the curtain goes up yeah, yeah. like yeah you got a faction it works in this weird way why well for reasons <laughs> the game isn't actually able to explain that and so a very core idea of of arcs was okay what if you started in positions of near symmetry yeah and by the end you were in this deeply asymmetric position is it possible for a game to explain that sure and this was you know coming from oath i mean oath has this generational framework where you start every game in this world that you've inherited. Mm -hmm. And if you've played the other games, you have a sense of how the world came to be. Um, but Oath never ends and Oath has to be very like precious about its game state. Yeah. Um, and it's precious because it, I, I can't have players ruining it, right? So like <laughs> the world needs to heal enough for the game to keep working. Mm -hmm. uh, but with Arcs, I thought, okay, well, what if Arcs was always telling itself in a three act structure? And what if, uh, and, and so that means you can leave the world in ruin. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. game at the end of arcs could be like completely like the wheels are off the bus. Destruction. Um, and then I started thinking about like, okay, well, what if you're earning this asymmetry throughout the game? Yeah. And what I very quickly realized is um, asymmetry is expensive, both from a rules perspective, but also from a flow perspective. Hmm. And you Twilight Imperium players know this because someone will flip one of those gosh darn laws that they <laughs> yeah. like haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and they're right. like, or, and they're like, how does this work? Yeah. And they, like, then there's a five minute discussion and there's a 20 minute discussion. <laughs> right. And that is so different from someone saying, I'm playing the Necrovirus and everyone's like, okay, how does that one work again? Yeah. But that's happening before the game starts. Right. So the asymmetry mm. it's built encoded into the factions because it, it happens, it's triggered at the start of the game, the game handles it. And when I, I was playing a lot of the Arkham Horror card game, and I was like, you know, it's interesting how these interstitial pieces, the pieces in between games, have a lot of good storytelling power that players aren't using. And it's also a great time to introduce rules yeah. and for have things change because everyone's like, they're cooling off. Yeah, right. They're in this in between period. So I thought like, okay, so here's the structure, a three act game and it's during the two intermissions that things change. Right, right. right. <laughs> and then the question becomes like, 
how do you get things to change and how different can the factions be? And what started as like a build a route quickly became like build a dune where players are like <laughs> yeah. gradually drafting like increasingly like baroque and insane design concepts yeah. that by the end of the game of arcs, it is like it is more different than a game of oath can ever be from right. itself. But it's it has that oath quality too of the successes and failures within like the first two acts impact just what's in our generic deck like our guild cards we have stuff that will come up in act three and it's like oh yeah that's because oh sorry that's because hunter lost and his guy died <laughs> yep. in act one and so now we, so it's like there's there's asymmetry in i have my thing with my powers but there's this other element of the storytelling that's like well because this power was there at one point these cards got introduced into just the public deck or whatever, and, and that's changed the shape of I the game. I think they also have the thing in common of like, failure is not really failure, it's just an interesting, uh, it's a yeah. negative outcome, right. which is just, just an interesting part of the story. Well, this is like yeah. my, my like bet noir and design discussions is, is the phrase feel bad. I hate it. Yeah. If anybody says like, oh, that's a feel bad, I want to knock them upside the head. <laughs> right. um, and it's not because they're wrong. Like obviously when we play games, some things feel bad. Yeah. What I hate about it is there is this immediate assumption that because something feels bad, it is bad. Right. Yeah. Which is Ooh. not true. Like, no, I want you to feel bad. It's right. okay right. to feel bad. Right. Like, you screwed up. Yeah. And but you could have gone for points instead of your... Yeah. Like your faction's little upgrade right. condition. Well, right. You can like, abandon the Blightkeeper in exchange for points. I wanted like uh, everything to feel like it had stakes, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and some of this is very old, old design territory for me. When I was a little kid programming in basic, I, um, I, I made like little roguelikes. <laughs> little kid. Uh, I was, I was, when I was I a was little was, kid, <laughs> when no, I was five years old, no, programming I in was basic. 10. <laughs> I, I was, I was in like, uh, I think probably fifth grade. I made this little game in basic. And I just learned how to use some of the file read and writes, mm. but it, I didn't like do it very well. Mm. And so what happened was the little game I made, you were always playing in the same save file. And I was like, oh, this is cool because it's like generational. Uh-huh. Right. And, and I thought like, well, and then like, oh, oh my God, it's the entire seed of my design career right there. <laughs> um, but, but actually it was, I, I just thought like it, it, it tells such, such better stories if you let the players lean into their own play history with the object. Right. And so, you know, going into this, I thought like, well, what are the interfaces then? So we've got an action interface. That's probably not going to change that much. That's yeah. like, I consider that part of like the core architecture of the game. It can change, but it doesn't necessarily have to. And then there's the market deck, which in the campaign is the, it's basically the cards you're bidding on, the special powers. It's a pretty thin deck. And as you play the campaign, your campaign decisions will draft it. They will change the cards that are in there. Yep. If you destroy a bunch of planets, that deck is going to fill with refugees. Oh, They're going to so change cool. the wow. character of the that game. So right? Tight, uh, and then <laughs> the, there's the board itself. I love that. Um, and, and the board itself was interesting. It's like Oath like packs itself up. Oath can only remember like one dimension of yeah. the board. Um, and so in arcs, I thought like, no, I like want the exact board positions to be replicated, yeah. right? And so we built this whole storage solution where players like literally pack up the board and it will be exactly the same layout as what ended like the last yeah. game, you know, the last game. So they're really just, they're really playing like one very long game. Right. right. And by very long, I mean like it's three sessions long. Each session is going to be like one to three hours, depending on how bossy you are in yeah. the phases and things like that. That's right. even with like the ships too. Like those will stay. Yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. Every like little position. pods that everything just goes. Yeah, and, and in the campaign, anything that's damaged at the end of a game gets removed. 
So there's oh, always like even like last cool. turn repair yeah. actions are very important. Yeah. Yeah. But even like you, you will make these moves where you're like, I gotta start moving my fleet to a new position to get ready for what I think is gonna happen in the next act. That rules. Uh, and I tried really hard, like with the so like all the other stuff I've worked on, nothing's really pre-scripted. Like the all the campaign content, it's all arc archetypes. And it's built so that I want players to think about the different plot lines as almost like factions in root. Sure. Where like you could play it competitively and be like, yeah, like I want like to, to lead as steward. Maybe I'll strategically fail and try to ping pong into this yeah. other plot line. That's a very reasonable way to play. It's also reasonable to play it like you're playing Artisans of the Splendid Veil and go like full immersion yeah. and never look ahead of the cards sure. or anything. Sure. Wow. Interesting. The, the question I think I, I have, and this is a, a pr an answer you probably cannot have because it's too early, but like, I think what I'm really interested to see how these things eke out over time is as players in ma mass quantities get their hands on these things, like where do we find the sort of balances and like which faction is like, a, oh, you got to take care of them in act two before they get to act three yeah. or whatever. And like <laughs> the, the ebbs and flows, we noticed one specifically we were playing where we were playing it and EJ was playing as the um, the founder, the founder. Yeah. And the, in, in the first act, the founder's like, oh, I don't know. He's kind of. He's kind of doing something. And then we peeked ahead and it was like, oh, and if he succeeds, act two is a completely different board game that we've completely <laughs> altered all of it. It's like, and That's the awesome. decisions a player then strategically, like in the future would be like, can we let the founder get away <laughs> with yeah. succeeding in act one? Or huh. is the act one strategy stop the founder before because they've got a, the new empire right they've got the really strong act three right. you know like arc and Dang. that's i think that is fine like there yeah. are going to be plot lines we, we we really think in terms of ranges so we're like some of these plot lines are very conditional some of them are just generally awesome and, and strong yeah. and i yeah. that's going to be a hard thing to commit to you know to, to introduce the players to we actually like joke about like having the game come with like a prima strategy guide where we're like <laughs> yeah. look like you know here's this you gotta study up man yeah. like if you want to figure out how it all works no i dig that um and you know it's the kind of thing maybe we'll, we'll do someday but we have like <laughs> when you select your, your plot line we have these big character arts uh, cards which used to just be full art but what we started doing was like, oh, we like need to tell people what they're doing. So mm. we wrote this like like little uh, pressy where they say like, hey, here's your like one line of flavor text, but actually here's kind of what you're gonna be doing in the different acts. Yeah. In terms of the power balance, um, what we've tried to do generally is think in terms of broad design patterns. And, and sometimes our solutions have been very subtle and sometimes they've been very dumb. So a subtle one is, the act, the A plot line. So there are 24 plot lines in the game. There are eight A's, eight B's, eight C's. Yeah. The A's are three acts. And if you succeed in each act, you get to keep moving. The B's are for people who want to pivot from their act, successful or not, or for people who've failed and need to pivot. Yeah. But the B's are two acts long. And then oh. the C's are one act long. Now, the A's at the end of the A plot line, congratulations, you did a hard thing. And it is hard to complete your objective. They're not yeah. easy you get a new scoring condition just for you. All of them are interruptible, but they are all a good thing. The Bs also have those scoring conditions in their final act, but the Bs also give scoring to other players. So one example, uh, there's a B plot line, the Pathfinder, who has to find the location of a hidden gate. They're like playing a deduction game in act two. Um, <laughs> Dude, and then once they find it, there are all these, uh, there are all these pilgrims who are trying to get to the gate and they got to shepherd the pilgrims to the gate. But other players 
can take control of the gate and get their own pieces out that oh, way. Yeah, yeah, and so gosh. they have a powerful scoring condition, but they also have a scoring condition that's helping up. other players. Yeah. You know, the, 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 one of the most powerful plot lines in the game right now is the one that sides with the blight. Yeah. Uh, so there's an act two plot line where you can basically say like, you know, those creeps that we fought in act one, I think I'm on their team now. <laughs> it's very strong, yeah. but it rewards players for killing the blight. Like yeah. now the blight becomes worth points essentially. Right. And then the act C plot lines are, um, they don't have any special scoring, but they do have an alternate victory condition, which if they can execute, they'll just win the game regardless of points. Right. So that's like the subtle typology solution. So cool. The more obvious solution is when we were doing development, we found that once players got about 20 points ahead, certain core elements of the game logic stopped working. <laughs> and, 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 and by that, what I mean is like, Sam, if you have like a really interesting, like alternate victory condition, if I'm 20 points ahead of you, I know that you can't beat me in power. Yeah. So I'm going to spend all of my energy just stopping you from doing what you're right. doing. It's brutal. And so, but <laughs> if you, you and I are competing in power, you can still sneak your condition out. Gotcha. So it's important to keep the score somewhat close. So we introduced an extremely dumb tax in the game <laughs> where at the end of every game, everyone has to cut their power in half. Yeah. Yeah. And it like... So your yeah, points in round one oh and two, in, in act one and two, your <laughs> points really are... Not inconsequential, no, they're not, but, but, they're, but you're going to start the third game like essentially up 10 points. Yeah. And you had to really fight for those 10 right. points. That's and it's wild. nice to start with, with that extra boost. But, but you're playing for act three. Yeah, you're like right. building your, for a, a starting and, position in act smart, three. And, and we have, a, so we have a wonderful, uh, in, in one of our playtesting interns this year, um, th they asked me the other day, like, what if I only play for act three? What if I like d never score points, never worry about my objective? Right, right. Because your objective, if you fail, you just go down to zero points. Yeah. Like, you know, what happens then? And part of me wants to be like, should you get negative points? Like, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe. Yeah. Um, but part of me also says, like, nah, try that. Yeah. yeah. Like, try to go into the yeah. last game, See like, not goes. activating any of it. Well, and power... player balancing comes into there, too, oh, right? Yeah. Like, that's just like, well, just let... If you're going to go for that, then the other players should slow your score down more or whatever well, this it is, is like you know or, there are ti factions like uh in the three like the weird borg one the lisniks or whatever yeah yeah the lisniks um, <laughs> they were just in in my like home meta they were like they were just so strong right yeah. and so we ganged up on them right and yeah. then they weren't so strong right right i mean like yeah yeah you know i mean because because in ti i mean uh, and in this game in a 2v1 situation, like, big surprise, the two is going to beat the always one. And so the asymmetry is almost then bounded by, like, you can get as weak as a half a player and as strong as about two players, but not really much yeah. beyond that range. Right. And that kind of ends up saving it. And look, you know, as we do this final vetting on the balancing, it might turn out that, like, yeah, we do need to let player scores drop into the negatives. Because it actually... I would even prefer that slightly because uh, the reason we have scoring penalties at all is to make it thematic. Like if I'm yeah. playing the like shepherd and I need to take care of my flock, the right now I only get my objective if I fully complete it. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to complete it, I shouldn't start like pretending to be a terrorist. Yeah, I'm right. like, no, yeah. I'm still the shepherd. Yeah. And so negative points gives us that expressiveness. And so it's something that could, that could potentially happen. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like that you say it's uh, 24 factions because by my count 24 plot lines 24 plot lines they're but not my, factions but my point stories being, my <laughs> point being it's 42 <laughs> like things like you've designed like because if, if we think of a single session of one act as the game right. like yeah there's there's a plot line that goes from a to b to c but i i imagine with a lot of them a doesn't look that similar to c c is a result of 
what yes. happened in AMB. Oh, so right. it's 42 uh, right. unique oh, right. setups Possible and card interactions and, and, and all of that. And you're getting to like my favorite part of the That's game, so which cool. is like when you get to the game three, you were, you know, your faction is like the sum of all of your mistakes. Yeah. And so you're like, yeah, in act one, I was trying to like awaken a stone golem. And I still have like this one stone golem friend who's like my pet. Yeah. In act two, I decided to be a pirate. And that worked out okay. But my pirate fleet like kicked me out, but I've still got this dope pirate ship. And so in act three, like, Maybe I should like get into, you know, like collecting artifacts or right. something. Right. But I've still got Wild. all of that other baggage with me. Right. So the players are then like, and this is what I mean about like the build a bear, like build a root, yeah. um, build a dune. Like you're drafting these factions. Yeah. And I just love how the game like it, it explains the asymmetry. We had this design, which I'm gonna mention on tape and it's gonna drive me up the wall. Um, <laughs> when I was working on Oath, all that we had all these ideas that didn't fit in Oath. And so I started designing this, like, what if Root were, like, an Oath game? Mm -hmm. And, like, if you lost, like, all the factions had, like, an insurgent, a vagabond, and a fully built, like, state. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. so depending on how the games got, you were, like, getting knocked Downgraded to the other stat. Yeah, and you could, like, wild. And then, like, you could build, like, okay, yeah, you, like, you could have a campaign board and, like, I'm going to have a battle here. I'm cat. I'm the cat player, but I'm a cat in, like, insurgent mode in this yeah. spot. If I win, I go into full cat mode. And I was like, <laughs> so this good. is like really compelling as an idea. And really like, that's kind of what arcs turned into. Sure. Right. And it was right. just one of those things where I'm like, you know, something like that could potentially work someday. Yeah. But the way I tend to work on these projects is like, I'll work on oath and be like, oh, these are cool ideas that don't work in oath. Yeah. Are they actually something else? And then suddenly this whole game, I mean, suddenly, two years later, a whole, suddenly, uh, yeah, yeah. Suddenly. Ooh, suddenly. <laughs> snuck up on us all. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, for full, for full disclosure, I finished Oath in 2020 in the fall. And the very first arcs like draft was done like a couple months after that. Yeah. And it was a very bare bones thing, yeah. but like we are, this has been a three-year project. Yeah, for right. Wild. That's yeah. Well, where do you feel like you're at percentage-wise to completion? So it's close. We are. Um, the design content is like 98% done. There's like a couple little things that need vetted a little more, like like if people should get negative victory points, um, which it sounds big, but like it actually is like a very small weird Just the thing behavior. That plants in, yeah. Uh, and it, it's also the reason it's small is because. Um, the answer is either yes or no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and we also like know what the shape of the question is. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, in terms of the content, there's a couple little places we need to polish. In terms of dev, I think I'm like 10 campaigns from being done. I think like a, a couple months ago, I told Josh, like if we just sat down and played 20 campaigns, I think we'd be done. <laughs> and I think I'm now like, I think I'm about 10 away yeah. or maybe even like six. Um, the base game is fully done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, we have a small expansion to the base game that's just more content. Mm -hmm. uh, that's almost done. Uh, art, like a couple months away yeah. from being done with the art. We have like uh, about 80 pieces to go, um, which is a lot, but the way the art for this game works, like the map took a long time because we had no idea what we wanted it to look like. Yeah. Right. Once you kind of know what you want it to look like, Kyle's very fast. Mm. Cool. So I would, I would guess that we are moving this to the factory like in October, it won't be ready. Like uh, the Kickstarter, we had said like December, January this year, we're going to miss that, but probably not by a, by a lot. Yeah. We, what I've been telling people at Gen Con is like by next year, I want there to be a big spaceship floating above my head at Gen Con. Cool. Oh, and I yeah. want people to have like gotten it like in the spring. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to be early spring or late spring, but like we are getting very close. Yeah. Um, I mean, awesome. on the table, 
is a, a, a goofy foam core insert <laughs> that we made to literally the factory spec. Yeah. So like, I know that I'm getting close when I send a factory a spec for the insert design. Yeah, right. And also when my production uh, manager says, do you know how big the box is going to be? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> like, I, to the millimeter, I do know how big the box is going to be. That's so cool. That's awesome. Well, amazing. We, we have it hidden in a oath box today. You yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. It is. There was actually a couple that walked by while you were talking like a while back. Yeah. And uh, it was like the, the boyfriend like pointed at oath and was like, that's oath. And I saw, I like read his lips. And then his girlfriend looked at the board and was like, that's not O's. And the boyfriend looked, looked back at her and was like, no, it's O's. I saw the box like, and it said that. It was that. just very like, wow, okay. That. You don't understand, the honey. Box it O's. said O's. It says O's on the box. No, that's very uh, sweetheart, good. that says O's. The, um, our current strategy is that the base game will be in kind of a root size box. Yeah. Uh, you get everything for two to four players. You're gonna get eight asymmetric factions, a bunch of things. Um, the, the factions are, I would say like a little less asymmetric than the TI factions, but like in that scope, like, yeah. Yeah, like an Eclipse faction. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Basically the, the factions in the base game are, they have an interesting power and interesting liability, right? So yeah. like, uh, the, you know, an example, I've got one on the table, this is the Rebel. Uh, read that to us, Sam. Uh, committed in battle, you collect two extra dice. Oh, oh, uh, that's oh, really good. Okay. <laughs> now, now, Sam, read right, the second right, right. sentence. Read the second part. <laughs> Sorry, that, that first one part. really wiped me. Um, okay, disorganized. You cannot move more than two ships at a time. That's terrible. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so oh, basically, painful. like in terms of the archetypes of card design, we thought. Wow. The, the starting power should always be like a cool thing and a liability. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of load them together. So like the, the the noble is one of my favorite ones. You just start with a bunch of guild cards. Oh, but you cannot score second place. <laughs> oh, you like only score man. first place. Oh, um, you're too so, prideful. Yeah, that's exactly. So, yeah. So, so they're all they're it. all simple and the um the base game comes with like a we have uh we also have a little deck of special abilities so you'll actually draft like a third or even a fourth special ability to go along with this cool. so you can cool. kind of like and that's that's just the base game and then oh. and that's in a root size box the campaign game is going to be in an oath box that's like an inch or two thicker that's it big. has and the reason it's big is because one there is a mountain of content in it right and two we have trays that will store the game state yeah. and like little books and things I, in it. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's so what, that's so awesome. our sense is, you know, a lot of people, you're probably gonna wanna keep both boxes because if you're just going to a con, you just throw the core stuff in the base game, but actually everything is built to be stored in just the campaign box. Yeah. Now, you know, to, to, to talk about the, the, the future and the, the broader sense of it, this was a project we designed from the very beginning. Like if people like it, we wanna add more to it. Right. Like, and that is root, we are happy to work on, but it was not designed to be expanded. Right, it right. just wasn't. And like right. an oath, we're yeah. working on an oath expansion right now. It also wasn't really designed to be expanded. You said that explicitly. Yeah, yeah. As long as you were like, we will saying. not do an expansion. Right. And then all these people were like, that. please, my daughter, she needs it. And, like, <laughs> uh, and, and also, like we just there are now that I have the distance from oath. Yeah, I like. I'm like, okay, I kind of know what I want to do. The oath expansion. Sure. We can talk about that sometime. If you want. So cool. um, but. With ARCs, I thought at the very beginning, I was like, no, like what if this was fully like expandable? And so a lot of the work that we've had to do is like the the future ARC stuff we've worked on and we've sketched out and yeah, kind of right. like know how it's gonna right. work. Cool. And so the box will accommodate like two full waves of stuff wow. if you don't sleeve your game. <laughs> if, if, you, if you do sleeve your game, I 
give you a lot of respect and power and that's between you and your god but <laughs> but um the expansion boxes you, you will need them to, yeah. to right. store it right right, right. um the, the base box or the expansion box will fit sleeved or unsleeved but once we start adding additional things you are on your own yeah yeah, yeah. amazing I'm Cole, sorry. thank you so much for taking time uh, and hanging out and showing us this. Sam, thank you for joining us. Yeah, we hey, love thanks, you. Guys. Let's yeah. hang out some more this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. Just got to be here. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to Lord of the Board on, yeah, on YouTube. Do. You stop. have to. Do it. You literally have to. You right have now. to now. Yeah. You better stop. You thanks, better go guys. do turn, it. Turn it off. Yep. And then it's subscribe and then turn back on. <laughs> yep. That's right. how I like to do it. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I think we're playing uh, some Path with Patrick tomorrow. So we Hell might yeah. be, this might kick right into just another Leader Games thing. Love yeah. so that. We'll, and I will, I will see you at RootCon. Yes. And yeah. we're going to have probably the full, this whole kit will be there as well as uh, probably just a kit for single session. Heck yeah. So that Hell way yeah. people can enjoy their campaign and not distract you know i'm not gonna have to say hey stop playing so i can teach some newbies <laughs> right <laughs> um so we'll have those two kits i'll be joined by josh and brooke and clay from leader Amazing. games team it's gonna be great this is gonna be awesome wow cool. yeah thank you so much cole really appreciate right. it my thank pleasure Here. We're oh, here. You're just, oh, I teased right. it. Okay. I teased it that we would be with Patrick right after talking to Cole in this episode. What we didn't know at the time, but we know now, is that also Sam's just here again. Hi, Sam. Sam, hey, we just play up, games guys? with Sam when we're at Gen Con. That's the whole Apparently thing. Apparently, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we play games I mean, with that's Sam. That's not a bad way to go through life. Yeah, no, it's yeah, pretty great. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's pretty yeah. fun, yeah. personally. Yep. To hang out with your friends and then monetize it. That's the way to do it, right? <laughs> hang out with your friends and then be like, what's all this hanging out for? You know? <laughs> so we were just playing Patrick's block. Block? Test, testing things out. Yeah. Uh, how how far along do you feel like block is? Where's where's block? Well, headed? yeah. First of all, though, what is block? What's block? Yeah. Where's it headed? Tell us about what block is. So uh, I have been working for a year on a game called Path, and uh, one thing, if you know me, about my energy is that I get distracted easily, mm. and I have to find ways to distract that gremlin inside my heart uh, <laughs> that gets distracted easily wait so is this a gremlin game is this, that what you're telling us that's what i'm telling you <laughs> and so i spent a lot of, I, I um in the evenings i spent a lot of time designing and i didn't this time i bombed a few games during covid and what i what i was trying one of the strategies i was trying to prevent it from happening again mm -hmm. was that i would come home and i wouldn't work on path anymore unless we really needed it the next day so I, um, I've been working on many other designs at night and I've have a lot of prototypes go in, in progress right now. And among them was, um, should I, should I divert for the even further afield? One of them was the vast three prototype, which oh. is what these blocks are for. Oh, because the vast three prototype is going to involve the players walking across glaciers that have different heights. And oh so the, and my. so, so the tiles were going to be mounted on these blocks, these two inch by two inch blocks. That's why they're so big. Right. And, uh, and I was working <laughs> on that prototype. And then one day I'm just working on, on that. And I think like, there's gotta be an easier way to make a game. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and so uh, I had this flicking game that has the exact same roles that you just played mm -hmm. and uh, from years ago. And I, the flicking game never really took off with the studio because it was 
played great and it was a lot of fun, but as you know, there's a lot of different athletic abilities in the world and my hands are deadly weapons when it comes to flicking games. And so to test an asymmetric flicking game was impossible because whatever role I was playing would just rock the game because right. I, I would just dominate wild. wild. Yeah. Really good flicking hands. <laughs> so, um, I'll be on your uh, I'll be on your flick 'em up uh, uh, dead of winter team any day. Nice. Um, so I uh, so I, I, I shelved that, and then uh, some of these pieces are actually from that prototype. These were the discs that you'd flick, and um, so I thought I thought about that that model of play, and I thought, what if I what if I just built this little world out of these? So a few years ago, I tried a much simpler version of block that had dice in it. You're moving around a board. You could carry these around with you on your person, and that would block little spaces on your board. The blocks are much smaller for that version. Uh, you could block spaces on the board, and that would take out what abilities you're carrying. So the more you carried, the less able you were to do other things. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that it just didn't it just didn't click with with the studio. So I, I shelved it again. And then I just out of nowhere saw like all these pieces fitting back together and I started working on these were also from the flicking game the trees this was these trees uh, those of you listening can't see the tree the tree is about two and a half inches tall it's a solid piece of wood yeah. uh, that I got off of Amazon and I thought when I bought them <laughs> one of the things the gardeners have to worry about is that people could flick pieces into them and knock the trees over eventually right uh, this is I, I can put my finger on it and flick it and it might not go over so yeah right. it, it's, so this it's is, an unflickable tree yeah this is <laughs> impossible to knock over with you these, just can't yeah, flick it yeah, ladies so, and gentlemen so you cannot flick this tree <laughs> so so that was that was the end of the so that was the end of, uh, so I had to redesign the gardener role in a way that uh, in a way that didn't involve knocking they didn't trees. have to do with the yeah. flicking stuff y yes yeah uh, and so I rebuilt the game with these uh, with it. And so uh, what in, what came out of it then is I kind of merged those two old uh, old ideas together into this it, into this design. And so the same roles are now exploring this world that's covered in blocks, and the players can add blocks during the game and continually add to the map. And so every role kind of adds to the map in its own way. And I'm hoping to make it so that every role as they add to the map it's helping the other players in some way so for instance as the gardener puts trees into the game uh the builder would gain wood uh from those trees to build their things and and uh and the and the trees will block movement for the seekers mm -hmm. and and so on and seekers can get energy from the trees and so on and that's that's kind of where i've been uh, cruising along since then so i brought it in the studio about a month ago i showed it to clay our sales director and two of the interns because i was hoping the interns could pick it up and develop it while I was work finishing a path and um, Clay was like this is amazing and why aren't, why aren't we working on this and I was like well uh, I'll you know I'll keep working on it and I, so a couple weeks later I showed it to Cole and Cole was like yeah this is pretty cool uh, uh, so we I, I got a few changes we got to make but I, I'd like to see a few changes made but I think that this is uh, this is really good so so now I have this decision in front of me of do I forsake like a year of work and you know plus because path is based on notes from like 2015 wow um, and and I mean if we sw swap my spot in the schedule with with black here path is going to be another year before we can bring it back out right uh and so that's so that's that's kind of troubling but at the same time i think this is going to connect with audiences very easily because of the tactile and the way that the game looks and and because 
Arx is going to hit it at pretty high depth, and there's going to be, an ex if, if it does well, there'll be an expansion for it. And so that, that depth, that weight of customer, that weight of our market is kind of taken up already. Uh, Ahoy is kind of hitting a little bit below that. And I think this is just going to be great for people that kind of want the casual asymmetric experience. Um, and one of the things we talked about, one of my other games is, um, that I'm working on tonight, is called Fish. And it's, <laughs> and is it's, that P H I S H or is like the, uh, there, uh, 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 there, oh, it's going to be four letters. There's, yeah, yeah, there's I something you got to discover about me now is I'm a huge fish fan. <laughs> no, um, no, uh, and, uh, it, it's based on some drawings Kyle did and I've been working on an asymmetric kind of like a really hard economic game. And that was because after Vast came out, a lot of people challenged me to make a Euro that was asymmetric. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, that's your Asymmetric design is about the interaction, and euros are about the point race. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't, that's not a space I really want to engage in yet. Right. Uh, and so, so Fish is kind of my attempt to do that. It's based on a much older game I used to work on. And, um, and so then we were, we were talking, you know, we've talked about that. I've, I've, like, I was working on a model of banking for the game, and I was talking to Cole about that, and Cole was like, this is interesting too. Um, and and I was like, so this, this that'll be my attempt to answer the question of is there a year is there an economic or a, uh, a asymmetric euro? Mm -hmm. And then we were playing this, and he's like, well, this is the asymmetric euro because mm -hmm. the interaction is 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 in a place where you're not killing each other's warriors. I mean, you do kill each other, but it's but it's also very um, it's very chess like. You don't, right. you don't you don't have to like you don't roll dice. You don't plan these grand maneuvers. It's just are you in the right position at the right time? Then you can strike. So, right. Uh, and so yeah, so I, I see that as kind of the um, so I see that as kind of where this is going. So, so I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty excited about it, but I need to decide who's going first. How yeah? So where are you at in that decision making process? <laughs> like what percentage? Like is this? Uh, well, like are maybe, we a fifty fifty? I, mean, I mean, Sam Hunter and Matt might have some influence on that, so I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll get some opinions on it. I've played it with some other design, other peers in my uh, group and. Uh, some have been pretty adamant that this should go next. Yeah. And some have been like, well, you did work on Path for years, so maybe it's time to finish that. So, um, uh, but I, I think right now it seems like the, the, the line is on uh, to switch over to block. Um, yeah. I think it's a great idea too, because here's why. I'm going to give you a okay. little anecdote. Are, 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 are I'm ready. Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, Wong Kar Wai, the Hong Kong filmmaker? No. Okay. Let's so this, hear is, it. This, this actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What I'm about to say. Uh, <laughs> So he was working on a movie called Ashes of Time, which can is like, I, it's like can a Wuxia Can I open up Wikipedia? No, 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 you don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. The point is, the point is, it was yeah. a big, like, long film, and yeah. he was like really kind of banging his head up against it, and he was like, I just have to take a break and yeah. make something that's a little more rock and roll. Yeah, he made yeah. this movie called mm -hmm. Chunking Express, which is very famous. But he made it in like, he made it like, the, like he was just like, all right, well, I need to make a, a picture I can just make very, very right, quickly, right, right. and it's my favorite movie. So it sound, this sounds like Ashes of Time, Chunking Express situation to me. So yeah. I have to say that I think you should make Block. So. That's what I think. It's interesting. Based off Wong Kar Wai. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, Great movie. Have you ever seen the film Stalker? Which yeah, is, that's one of my four. Okay. That's, check my letterbox right now, people. 
pause the podcast. Check my letterbox. Uh, okay. Pun done. So let's throw a little there. Uh, it took like 25 years to shoot. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and I just I was like I don't want that to be my life either. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I mean yeah. they they died to make that movie. Yeah, they, actually they, 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 they literally, they literally killed them. died. To no, make, the movie yeah. did actually yeah, kill yeah, them. It's they were, pretty they were crazy. In a, it's such a polluted area filming yeah. it that they all got cancer and yeah, died dude. from it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, the 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 the, the director. So let's walk our way, not Tarkovsky. The director of photography died before the first filming was over. If I remember correctly, it's such a crazy story. And then they and then they lost the film to fire and they had to reshoot it. And then and then they lost the film to something else and had to reshoot it. Yeah, it's like yeah. So or they had to reshoot parts of it. Yeah, it's it's it's. And it's an amazing film, right? Yeah, right. That's right. People dying. They for, had to yeah. make it three times, yeah. and it was a lot of exposure to, yeah, radiation. So, so. <laughs> and Path is pretty radioactive. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting because, un, like, unlike the other folks in the studio, I do like the like. I think that the artistically, I do like the purest shot from the, and it's so counter to how modern design is, but I do like the purest shot from like. The rats, for instance, in mm-hmm. in uh, in root are s- so close to what I handed in to start that that design, mm-hmm. right? That I that I that I really resonate with them artistically. Uh, the moles are also very close to what I first handed in, mm-hmm. and 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 I, there's a purity to that that I really enjoy. And I I don't think there needs to be many changes here. I certainly think we've seen some balance issues today, right? But but I, <laughs> but. That's going to be development, and that's going to be that's going to be the next few weeks of design is figuring that all that stuff out. Right. So yeah, yeah. So I think there is a. I, I agree. That's actually good. Maybe I need some rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just, yeah this is your, this is more punk rock. So there and, you go. And Cole's leaning on it because he's like, I think it's going to give because I've gotten so far from development and so far from the production and the and the project management part because I've been running the rest of the company and I'm coming back to this. He's like, his logic is if you if you switch to this. You're gonna have a moment to relearn all those skills, right? In a in a lower, a much lower stakes environment. So, yeah. I mean, of course, this is high stakes, like making this thing. But right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it is. A, but, it but is we'll made entirely of yeah. big wooden blocks. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, the the, proto- the prototype is about ten pounds. Yeah. We, we record. We're like doing this in the off or like I don't know the, the space yeah. by your manufacturers, and we started setting up, and they all walk by. They're like, "Oh, that looks." expensive (laughs) we're watching all of their staff sort of freak out slowly as we play it so uh you can yeah you can look at my you can look at my uh the site formerly called twitter um to see photos of how the uh how the map fits together but uh, yeah it is it is 60 two inch by two inch by two inch wood blocks wow and weighs about 15 pounds 10 15 pounds in the box so it's it's uh it's extravagant but yeah of course we'll figure out to cut this down yeah 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 yeah, so i'm i'm curious where your uh kind of head is at in terms of you know obviously like just in general leader games has grown so much the Mm -hmm. past few years and you were just saying you know this is you kind of coming back into a this is one of your prototypes this is one of your designs and you've been just having to lead the company a lot i mean what what is that something that you're very specifically trying to do more of or are you just trying to balance all of it back and forth no yeah i'm definitely trying to do more of that work so like in the last few years there's been some lineup changes and there's been some you know the staff has increased in size and at this point it's 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 the moment you know and i've been working for alita and i were working on dark last summer even yeah and so dark was the war game that was that i tanked and and stopped working on and 
Uh, so there's been some effort to get back to design, but mm-hmm. it's really this last year that like the the operations part of it has kind of slid from my grasp, and I'm able mm-hmm. to like trust, not tr- trust is the right word, but I know that's being handled responsibly, yeah. and so I'm able to move forward uh, with with just doing design all day, and it's gotten to the point too where like people at the convention will be like, have you have you played blah 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 yet? And I'm like, all right, like. I don't know, man. I just I, <laughs> I just come into the studio and, pl- and and work on this stuff for thirty hours a week, you know, thirty two hours yeah. a week. Yeah, it's, so it's really it's been really hard for me to keep up on other games. Um, yeah. and, and so if I do play something, it's it's a little bit older. You know, like Spirit Island just shipped their expansion, so right. I'm, pl- I'm playing. Yeah, Spirit. your Twitter feed has just it's been like Spirit game Island, after you've yeah, played like yeah, thirty yeah, games yeah, last yeah, weekend or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, jealous. Yeah, so it's, in fact, I'm kind of jonesing right now. I kind of want to go like find. So we should Spirit go do Island. that. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Oh, that'd be we awesome. Should, we we should play just cut Island, this off so. and go play some Spirit Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds like. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>